This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petr Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. What is going on, everyone out there? It is I, your host, Petr Spych. I am always joined by... The name's Brandon Hahn, you sons of bees. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And make sure to follow our other co-hosts that are not going to be with us this week. That is Jocelyn Sharp at J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N. Sharp on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Wizard of Jaws on TikTok. And of course, Sylvia Alvarado. Guys, follow her at It's the Sylvia on Twitter and Instagram. If you guys want to follow me, I'm at our other podcast handle. That is at Rise to Offend. On Facebook and Twitter, Rise to Offend Official on Instagram. This week, oh, such a fun chat, man. I love talking to the dudes from Sabaton. First time I got to chat with Joachim. Dude, we are here to celebrate their new record, The War That Ends All Wars. It just came out this last Friday, March 4th, guys, so it is out right now. Make sure you guys are listening to it, consuming it. It's a great, great album. Fantastic storytelling. I can't say enough good things about it, guys. But as always, before we get into our interview, let's talk a little bit about that. Metal Sucks News. It's a failed education we're giving you. Manipulating facts with opinions. We got you in the palm of our hands. Pushing you to hate is part of the plan. So thanks for the power you gifted us. Of your mind and all of your trust. Die for our cause, you'll never regret it. It's Metal Sucks News, prepare for your lesson. We'll take good care of your soul. You'll be safe under our control. Now, clearly, this week, um, a huge event is uh, occurring in, in the world. It's on all our minds, and uh, a lot of the Metal Sucks News stories are going to touch, obviously, about the war that's going on in Russia, Ukraine, or I know we're not supposed to call it a war yet. However, whatever terminology you guys want to say, invasion, yada, yada. Um, and so we're going to, we have to start our episode kind of on a downer. Usually we like to crack jokes, make fun, but you know, we have to discuss this because our community is hurting in a lot of way. One of the stories that we're going to start off with is obviously is uh, Ginger, a band that's been on our show. You know, Tati's, I got to interview her many times. Great interview. Fantastic band. Um, they were coming out here to the States to tour with Slipknot in this moment and Ginger. Uh, they had to cancel all those dates, obviously, to help with the crisis at home. And, um, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where we are, you know, in, we are in North America. We're in the States. Uh, the news channels that we get um, delivers a pretty clear message of, of what's going on. Um as far as from the angle that we see it in, in our point of view and point of life. And it seems like it seems to be a very, very, very kind of horrendous thing that's happening uh, based on one individual that I will say, you know, Mr. Putin over there. And um, we feel like the Russian individuals, you know, citizens, all that stuff. I don't, I don't think that they're all about this at all. The Ukraine people obviously in a horrible, horrible situation. Um, Brandon, what are you what are you feeling right now about this whole situation? Obviously, when we're talking about Ginger and all that, but what are you feeling right now as we kind of we're so early into this process of? I, I just saw an image, and the reason I'm not speaking too well, I just saw an image about uh, a hand going to a train station and this little baby's hand on the window crying, 
as the train was leaving the Ukraine, and I'm assuming the other hand's obviously a parent or something, and it's just like right in my throat. I'm kind of verklempt on that image. So it's kind of hard for me to get the words out that that's something that can happen in 2022 um, in modern times. So what do you got going on right now? Your thoughts on everything? I mean, obviously it's hideous. You have one man whose need for power is trumping millions who just want to live in peace. The Russian people just want to live in peace. Go ahead and poll most Russians and ask, is it really this serious for us to go in and take over Ukraine? And I promise you, you'd be surprised the amount of people that are like, no, we don't want to hurt anyone. But, you know, and then you see these, you, you like Pete and I, we were talking off camera about uh, the Klitschko brothers. I mean, these were former heavyweight champion boxers of the world. Yeah, I'm a... Yeah, I'm a huge boxing guy. You know, uh, people that know that uh, we're out in Las Vegas. Boxing's our sport, our original sport. And um, I was lucky enough to see the great Vasily Lomachenko fight many times out here in Las Vegas. Um, Never saw Alexander Usyk, but he beat Anthony Joshua. He is the heavyweight champion of the world right now. The Klitschko brothers, as you mentioned, never saw them live. But um, the Klitschko brothers, um, for a decade, controlled the heavyweight boxing division. And all of those men I just mentioned, Lomachenko, Usyk, Klitschkos, they are right now suited up to fight you know, for their country. And it's like, to, to put a perspective, everybody's got you know, sports athletes. Like For me to imagine someone as like LeBron James, you know, ready to go with the machine gun in his hand, or um, you know, any, any sport you guys want to say, Tom Brady, you know, football, whatever to, to do that. It, it's, it just kind of also adds that it's, it's like these people have the money. They don't have to do that. It's not about this. It's that's what they have to do because of how inhumane, you know, and, and off what's happening in their world is. And I don't think it's for show. I have this horrible feeling that as this escalates, we might lose one of these fantastic human beings. I mean, especially Vitaly Klitschko, who is the mayor of, uh, Kiev, you know, and um, yeah, if you go to his Instagram and you see all the positive messages and all the things that he's updating, it's one of those things, man, where, um, yeah, just so much uh, on my on my mind about it. And, and to keep it with metal, because I know that's what our program is, when you go to a band like Russia Slaughtered Prevail, they made a statement saying exactly what you just said is like, we don't want wars. This is not what the Russian people are about. They don't want to be labeled as these people that want to invade a country and, and you know, there are children dying right now. And st- think about how brave he is for speaking out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like we we already know how Putin feels about anyone who disagrees with him. Yeah. I mean, the guy the guy sounds like he's straight out of a comic book. Yeah, and I mean, Slaughter Prevails' latest record, Alex Terrible's who I'm talking about. I mean, right on the front of the record, I mean, he's wearing a shirt that says Made in Russia, man. He's got the pride of his country, obviously, but this is something that kind of transcends pride. It's like, dude, I don't want to be the villain, you know? Um, And a lot of people, I mean, I've talked about this on the show in previous interviews when people brought up wars, but like, I'm Serbian, you know? I'm from Montenegro. So when I'm seeing this war happen, it was like, if I didn't get out of... My country, if my parents didn't get out of my country, I would have had a machine gun in my hand, you know, fighting an enemy that looks like me. 
you know, and that I don't understand what the whole just is exactly. I just know that I can't let people go through it. So it's like uh, lucky enough to move for me and be a first generation American, but that's just pure luck. And so it's like, I can relate on a level that be like, I can almost imagine being this helpless and just having to fight these rich people's wars when nobody really wants anything to happen, you know? So man, I mean, we're going to, we, I don't know if we can say anything else, but we're probably going to have to move on from this, this tragic, you know, conversation. Cause we have no answers. It's just that we're out here thinking however we can to help donating money as far as something that we can do here in the States and a lot of places can. Um, but like our hearts go out and man, I just am going to stay as optimistic as I can that the world answers this. I mean, it's a war crime. You know, I, I look back on history. I just watched a documentary on World War II, and I think I talk about this in the interview with Joachim, is that uh, I was like, dude, I just watched a documentary about Russia and World War II and the body count of what they did to kill the Nazis and this way of thinking that they were doing. And obviously, they were under Stalin at the time. I'm not speaking on Stalin being a great leader. I'm not saying anything like that. Or obviously, there are some atrocities that went with that guy. But they... They they sacrificed more than anybody in World War II to stop this invasion of this Nazi party and this just despicable action, you know? And I can't see that whatever Putin's thinking he's doing can't be related to that same kind of thinking, you know, of let me invade countries and, and yeah. innocent people dying, you know? It's not on the same level, and I will not compare what's happening now to the Holocaust or World War II. It's not on the same level. I'm saying on the same way of thinking to be like, wait, let's invade countries. In 2022, after those hard, hard lessons that we had 100 years ago in World War I, 80 years ago now in World War II, it's like these invasion of countries, I mean, you know, it, it just seems something that's just so foreign, you know, civilized places. Um, and that's where we're at. And, you know, as heavy metal fans, dude, I, 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 I just hope all the bands come out safely. Like we talk about Ginger, we don't know what's going to happen. I, I read things and again, we're, our media is coming from the States. So I don't know what's factual. I don't know what's accurate. I read that any man, woman or child between, or man between the ages of 18 and 60 can't leave Ukraine and they have to fight in the resistance and they have to do that. And, um, so members of Ginger might be in that situation. I don't know. You know, but it's something that we all have to think about. Definitely something I don't want to not bring up on the show, you know, because it's just what we're dealing with out there in the world and it's going to affect everybody in a, in a way. And, you know, it's, I, I'm, it's so complicated. Yeah. It's so complicated. The tragic and, history is, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that we still can't, as a species, can't learn from history is, it's just upsetting. It is. It is. Mankind. So, what are we doing? So, I mean, our, this show, obviously, our hearts stand with Ukraine and what they're dealing with and the bravery they're showing and, and the everybody, the, the president, the athletes, and, and we also stand with all the unfortunate Russian citizens that are going to probably deal with one another a Great Depression and a lot of other horrific things because of the decisions of their leader. You know, but uh, either way, whether you be... There's a lot of victims on both sides, and uh, if somebody hungry for power wins, 
or destroys more lives, um, there's no way you're going to look at Russians, the citizens in a different light or Ukraine's. It's, it's, remember, you know, let's, let's solidify this to a power hungry leader. And with that, let's move on to the next story. Ready? Try to be kind of funny. Are you ready? <laughs> uh, Are you ready for jokes? I need some performance enhancing drugs to be funny this time. This is uh You mean you mean like PEDs? Yes, yes. Performance enhancing drugs, Pete. I need creatine. That's not that's not a PED. Creatine's something I can get at the at the local store, bro. I need um Reboflavin. <laughs> <laughs> I need caffeine. That's it. I just need like a fifth cup of coffee and I'm going to be, I'm ready. I got jokes fifth all over cup. the place. There you go. Well, I don't want to count because oh. I'm ashamed of all the coffee I drink. Anyways, first story I want to talk about. Legend, man I love, Matt Pike, high on fire, sleep. He put out a, recently a uh, solo record. Matt Pike versus the Automaton. Uh, I think came out a couple weeks ago. Um, I got to talk to him, you know, love, love talking to Matt. He's so open about his conspiracy theories. Uh, many times, uh, that we've done interviews with him in the past. It's been a while. I think it's been a few years now, but regardless, last time I talked to him, we talked about all these conspiracy theories and he had some wild ones, man. And I was like, bro, you believe it? Go with it. However, one conspiracy theory, Matt Pike does not buy into flat earth is just ridiculous. I don't buy into that one. Hmm. Uh, I'm so. I'm. So, I, 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 <laughs> it's like it's I'm a like, win, I, right? It's like yes. It, it, that's what I'm saying. It's like why do I feel proud of him for saying that? I'm just like, oh, I'm so proud of him. Like it's good to see that you have boundaries. You know? Yeah. I mean, he does like, believe it's like, it's like Bigfoot. Bigfoot, totally real. Like I, I don't understand why this is even a discussion. But then it's like you, when somebody, I just want to be there when he's like, shut the fuck up, flat Earth. There's just. A, we're tired of hearing from you now like where does the line end and i'm sure there's some flat earthers out there going oh yeah bigfoot real i'm sure that's the thing i want that's what i was just about to say i want a dialogue of of conspiracy theorists arguing with each other bro you believe in bigfoot and you're telling me there's not a flat earth let me throw you this video from youtube (laughs) and then let me throw you this book from david ike you know like like, let's go back and forth at each other it would be awesome I see your Bigfoot conspiracy, and I'm going to raise you a Tupac is still alive conspiracy. I see your Stop it. I see your Tupac is still alive, and I'm going to raise you that Nazis are living in an underground bunker in Alaska conspiracy. Okay, I see your Nazis living underground in Alaska conspiracy, and I am going to raise you Sandy Hook never happened, and the whole town is filled with crisis actors. Mm-mm. Oof, man. I, I'm going all in. <sighs> I think I'm going to have to fold. I think you won. I think you conspiracy beat me. I just had a two and a four, stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, I had three aces. Uh Gotcha. (laughs) When you throw the fake Sandy Hook at me, I'm out. That's the way it goes. You should have seen my bluff, too. I mean, I wasn't even blinking. I wasn't, my eye wasn't twitching. I wasn't licking Oreos. I I kept it, I kept my composure. I was good. (laughs) Well done. Licking Oreos. Is that a, is that, is a poker player do that? Uh, what's his name did John Malkovich did in rounders. <laughs> dude, Yes. Well played dude. And he was yeah, a, and he was a, a Russian. Why'd you, why'd you bring a, it back, bro? Why'd you have I'm to bring sorry. it back? I'm trying to move well, on. They called, him, they called him KGB, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. They sure did. And he nailed the oh, accent and everything. He's Malkovich, bro. He can do it all. 
I am. I am. Let me just clear something up mm. for for somebody might who's uh, uh, me saying Russians lick Oreos during poker is not me saying that Russians are a violent people by nature. Thank you. Just want to make sure I clear up any confusion. I don't think they believe you, bro. <laughs> I think they think you're backtracking, and you showed your backtracking. I showed. I think you showed your. Your colors, man. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're in trouble right now. My colors are always red, white, and blue. You got that? <laughs> yeah, oh, man. There's got to be it's a Kid Rock stars. conspiracy theory I can throw at you right there. <laughs> stars, stripes forever. Pinko. <laughs> pinko. What's what's a pinko mean? I know I've heard it many times, but what does that represent? That was back with, was back with yeah, yeah. That was USSR, oh, so not necessarily. It doesn't apply now, but I mean, how many times did they say pinko in Red Dawn with Patrick Swayze? Oh, I don't know. Let's see here. I'd probably have to say minimum of six. Mm, I think I think I'll raise you that. I'd raise you six six pinkos at Red Dawn. I think they said commie more. Okay. I feel like that was more of the Hollywood politically correct term of 1984. Commie, not pinko. Was 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 Hollywood politically correct in 1984? <laughs> I'm probably way off base there. No, Hollywood was basically like Russia's the evilest thing in the world. Like whatever the government was saying to hate, Hollywood was telling you to hate. They were in lockstep. And then all of a sudden they broke free and Hollywood's like, how can I make more money? Oh, I got it. Let's contribute to the downfall of Rome. You're... you're... <laughs> <laughs> whoa man whoa, you, yeah. just, you just conspiracy theory in hollywood i was gonna bring up red scorpion with dolph Lundgren. no no i'm not saying hollywood's <laughs> a conspiracy i'm just saying it's it's so much easier to make money uh spreading a lie or a fallacy and with hollywood it's so much easier to make money uh scaring people with movies and stuff than it is to you know, basically rally the troops like they used to back in the day. Win one for the Gipper. You know, we haven't had a win one for the Gipper movie in forever, Who's or one that's actually one that actually means something. Win one for the Gipper. I don't know what that means. That's the same. Well, that was, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was like you know, you ever heard that rallying cry? You know, like basically it was uh, the old um, Ronald Reagan movie. I think it came from him. They called him the Gipper. I could be wrong. Oh, God, I hope you are. I hope somebody's Googling this and be like, what the fuck is Brandon talking about? I'm just talking back in the day, back in the day, you know, the the propaganda. Hollywood is part of the propaganda machine. Now they're Mm. not because that's not where the money's at. Mm, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. The propaganda machine is now social media because that's where the money's at. Yes. Ah, now Hollywood could be a little more honest. No. No. Fuck. Now, now, we're not trying well, it's been so broken up that not everybody's going to get the same message. You know, that's the scary thing about the Internet. It's like not everybody gets the same message when before the message was always coming out of like one of three channels. Now it's coming out of hundreds of channels. So when one, you know, so everybody's confused. Nobody knows what to listen to. Now. Well, that's why I'm, when I talk about, you know, I always let people know this is where I'm getting my media from because, yeah, the, you know, you're getting your media somewhere else. So we probably don't. And, oh. I, and I and there's and there's nothing that makes me more ashamed of um, of how America works than when you see things that are going on in Ukraine right now. It's like, oh my God, just the self entitledness of America. Like, ugh. And I'm talking all walks. We got to be better. There's lessons to be learned when real things happen. That's how we as individuals become 
stronger, more mature individual, something real happens. We live uh, growing up, a lot of us, at least in my experience, we have a lot of denial. We have a lot of things that we see in a certain way, personalized. And then when something real happens, you become part of a community, uh, mourning, things like that. And then, you know, empathy is shown. It's just the way it is. It's a journey for everybody, you know. Um, and um, this kind of stuff that we're seeing, yeah, it helps you with um, – I was telling jokes a minute ago, you dick. It, it helps you with your empathy. It helps you feel. It helps you whatever. But, you know, like I said, the selfishness of maybe the way that we're taught up in America is that you do personalize it when you can't, you know. Um, and that's something we just have to work with as individuals and stuff like that. And then we'll we'll get there. But, yeah, I've, I've, I've always been one of those people to be like, I'm just going to shut up and listen. And I'll listen right. to the people that are there. I'll listen to the Klitschko's. Uh, that are on the social media right now. I'll listen to Ginger's drummer put out a statement, you know, uh, or drummer basis. I'm so sorry. I forgot which uh, band member, but I did watch it like a week ago and I was just like, fuck, man. And so I'll just listen and I'll, I'll go with that. And then um, that's all we can do really from the perspective we're at. But I definitely, you know, again, there's just this luck. We're lucky that we're here right now and, you know, I don't know if I want to say we're lucky. Perspective, you guys. Perspective. Yeah. That's all it's all about. That's what today, that's what that's what this week's episode is all about. Perspective. Hug your loved ones. If you're not in the middle of a war, be thankful. If you're in the middle of a war and you're listening to us, I hope this gives you a little bit of reprieve. I hope it helps out a little bit. That's pretty much all I could say. That's the only message I have. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing to say, man. I mean, truthfully, it's one of those things. So um you know, uh, I, I will touch on one more story just because I want to say it. I, there's not much to talk about. It's just two exciting stories. Drummers from my youth reuniting with members. Uh, the first the first drummer reunition. Reunition is not a word. I'm going to use it because it sounded good. The first drummer reunition is uh, Testament has announced. First off, Gene Hoagland left, which is amazing. And they replaced him with Dave Lombardo. The Gathering is one of my favorite Testament records of all time. That's the only one that Dave Lombardo played on. But, dude, how exciting is it to have him just back in a fucking thrash band, right? I know Mr. Bungle put out a thrash record with him in it, but I'm talking about, like, Testament well, thrash, dude. Yeah, it's different. That, yeah. yeah, Testament is one of those bands that it's like, they're they're definitely where the bar is set. You have to be this good in order to be taken seriously. And now they got Dave Lombardo back in the, in the, in the fold, so I expect more. I expect them to keep on coming with more and more viciousness. And the great thing is that I bought tickets for the Bay Area Strikes Back tour in November. It got postponed to April, so I'm going to get to see them with Lombardo, which to me is just super exciting, dude. So that's one great thing that's reunited in the metal scene. The second one that I'm super ecstatic for, David Vincent has been touring I Am Morbid with members of Morbid Angel, later day members of Morbid Angel, but he reunited with Pete Sandoval, drummer, of Morbid Angel from all the classic records that we know, obviously from Terrorizer. This I'm super excited about for two reasons. A, I think it's great they're touring together, but the main reason, I want them to put out new music. I really do. And I, I love the new, I love the Steve Tucker, Morbid Angel. You know, Kingdom's Disdained, I, I dug it. I love that whole era. That's kind of my era, really, because I was growing up during that time. But going back and like listening to Covenant or Blessed Are the Sick, I was like, holy shit. You know, these these records, are you can't mess with them. To have two of the guys together right now 
it just makes me super happy, even though uh, I think they're considered a cover version of Morbid Angel, which, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I buy into that shit. But that's the second one that's great. So which one are you more excited about? The Testament, Dave Lombardo, Pete Sandoval, back with I Am Morbid. I'd probably have to go with Testament. I've been a Testament fan forever. It's one of my first thrash metal band albums that I ever bought. So yeah, I'm going to go back to them. Yeah, I actually am too. I actually am too. Now, if Trey gets back into more of Angel with these two guys, we'll have that conversation later. But with that, guys, oof, I know, I know. We talked a lot. We went long. We tried to do as much as we could. Uh, it's time for the Bread and Butter Show, the fun part of the show. Oh, fun chat. Great interview, man. Let's jump into my interview right now with Joachim from Sabaton. Everybody, what's going on? Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast on the phone. I have Joachim from Sabaton, man, and we are here to celebrate the new album, The War to End All Wars. It's coming out March 4th, guys, so make sure you are picking up your copy. Um, it's hard not to talk about what's happening in the world right now because we are on this topic of war on the new album. Um, what are your thoughts and feelings, and, and how are you kind of taking all this in with this conflict that's currently happening between the Russia and Ukraine? Oh, I guess you're going to have to ask somebody smarter than me about that. <laughs> uh, with, uh, I mean, in consideration of all of these things, without being in the know, that meaning knowing all the players and the motives behind the, you know, players, and also mm. that being in the know regarding intelligence, um, it's impossible to say. But, uh Yeah. I guess you're going to have to ask somebody who's way smarter than me. <laughs> totally understand, man. No, I, I absolutely. And, and uh, the new record, though, that we talk about, um, it's coming out March 4th, guys, the War to End All Wards. Uh, there's a lot of storytelling behind a lot of the songs, as you guys have done your whole life. Uh, I want to touch base on a couple of these stories that our fans might not know about. And one of them is the first video you guys just put out for The Unkillable Soldier. Can you tell us about the, uh, the man that inspired this and kind of the story behind him? Yeah, I mean, when we came across him the first time, that was actually already when we were researching the Great War. We didn't, didn't even know if we could do that because that, imagine a comic book hero that's such a caricature and over the top that not even Marvel could come up with it almost, you know. <laughs> so, uh, well, a man called Adrian Carton de Viart, uh, Belgian born, fought for the British Empire lost his eye in the Boer War, uh, went on to fight in World War One. several wounds inflicted, and when they refused after, I think it was a grenade thing, or I don't know, but his hand was sort of torn to pieces. And when they refused to amputate his fingers, he tore them off himself, like, ah, tsh, screw you guys. And, uh, yeah, uh, towards the end of it, he wrote in his autobiography that, frankly, I enjoyed the war, you know, so really a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, I guess if you bring a positive attitude to wherever you're at, I guess you just stick op <laughs> stick to that optimism. But absolutely, to, to rip off your own fingers, man, I mean, jeez, I don't even know. It's, we're, it's just a different generation, different time. I can't imagine being on the same level. As a soldier, no, on, like that. I think he was, he was pretty unique, even mm -hmm. for for those times. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Special kind of person. Absolutely, uh, and and um, another track that I really wanted to touch on. That uh, see, here's the thing: is a lot of times I don't know the stories behind the songs, and when I hear the songs, I, I research it and I can find out the information. 
And uh, I never heard of this one, Lady of the Dark. Can you tell us about that? And I am from Montenegro, so this is actually a, uh, a heritage of mine, uh, this, this lady. I never even heard of her. Can you tell us the yeah. story behind that track, everybody, Lady of the Dark? Milunka Savage is her name, and I. This is one of the questions where where do you start? Because there's you know so much. I mean, to to most people anyway, but especially to her, there's so much more to the story. But sort of long story short, she sort of took her brother's place in war because he couldn't go and dressed up like a man, you know, sort of in a way hiding that she was a woman, and it turns out she was. I think she's the highest decorated female soldier. Of all time, but I could be wrong on that. And you know, turns out she's a badass with grenades as well. <laughs> really crazy story, man. And that's insane. That especially considering, um, you know, where women were at that time in society for something like that to happen and nobody to know, because that's part of the story as well. The, the male soldiers did not know that she was taking the place of her brother. Correct. In some cases, but in the towards, I mean, oh. in the beginning, you know, she would hide it uh, to to some. But you know, uh, as it, you know, went on, of course, it's not gonna be. Uh, she she couldn't keep it a secret to everyone. Yeah. But I mean, at at a certain point, once you earn somebody's respect, it doesn't really matter if it's a man or a woman. But I think you touch on an important point when you say you have to think of the times, and that is really important when when we think of no matter warrior or time you have to think of the time and place when that happened what values were they brought up in and how much did they know about the conflict and the world yeah the challenge is also that we we can't even relate to on any terms in our modern societies i think for something like that to occur so it was quite of an amazing story amazing song guys lady of the dark make sure you guys are pre-ordering like i said the war and end also wars coming out march 4th last track i want to t- touch on just storytelling wise and then we'll get into the process and stuff like that is uh kind of the ba- I, I i considered it the ballad it's the song i want to see you guys play live and that's christmas truce and this is another thing i was not aware of um when i did the research on that can you touch base on the storytelling kind of behind that track yeah it's actually uh basically several pockets this is not something that was sort of outspoken let's have a truce for christmas but rather individual places along the fronts where soldiers germans french british would sort of decide not to kill each other for a few hours <laughs> and uh, they would go sometimes drink together sing christmas songs to each other uh, play football uh, or soccer uh, i guess to american uh, listeners and um, yeah there's this misconception that it was something that you know was arranged but it's actually individual which makes it even more fantastic individual pockets where you know low level level officers and soldiers decided to you know what screw this you know tonight we're we're drinking and talking about home you know and then the scary side of it is when the high command found out there were several instances of generals issuing orders that if anyone participates in something like this again they will be shot so it never happened again for 1915 or 16 and or that, 17. Yeah. yeah, and that and that's uh, it's an insane story to imagine. Like everybody just wanted a moment of peace without the high command. I feel like a, a lot of people understand that that are on the lower ranks of anything, let it be business world, anything like that. That you can't relate to those above. Um, yeah, and especially considering this this war was mm-hmm. sent or marketed towards many soldiers, like, let's go over and we'll be home by Christmas. And guess what? They weren't. <laughs> yeah, 
man. I'm 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 actually I'm watching this documentary. I brought it up on the show last week that Ken Burns won the war. It's on World War Two, and um, it just makes me like I can't even explain like the 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 timing and how lucky I felt for the time I was born into the this world opposed to if I was an 18 year old back then or obviously when we go back to the uh, the Peter Jackson documentary did you see that one about the World War One soldiers they sh- they shall not grow old yes yeah actually here's the weird thing I haven't seen that and I haven't seen 1917 <laughs> oh man I gotta tell you because go they ahead. came exactly when we were dealing with a great war. Uh, the album, mm. and I just thought I, I don't want to be too influenced by that at the moment. I want us to stick to the, you know, the guns with the history part here. I mean, I'm not. I just didn't want to get too emotionally attached to anything or any story, you know. So they sort of went on my. I'll watch them later, and I guess now is later. <laughs> <laughs> I highly, highly recommend both. Man, 1917 was definitely one. I was like one of the last films I saw in the theater that like glued me to my chair. So I got like when you brought that up, I was like, oh, man, I remember that moment because, you know, with the pandemic and stuff like that, the movie theater thing kind of it was another thing I took for granted. You know, didn't get to go out to the theater and and have those amazing moments that I had my entire life, just like touring and shows, man. I mean, you guys uh, let's talk about touring right now. I mean, you guys are. And if I say anything wrong, please correct me. But you're you're keeping all your current uh, dates in Sweden. Uh, the European tour is postponed, and then currently we are keeping all the um, festival dates. Is that accurate right now? It changes on a daily basis, it but does. as far as I've understood it, if it hasn't changed in the last 48 hours, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. But these times, you cannot be too careful about these things, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, completely right. And, and with your guys' whole setup... For the, the live show, I mean, Sabaton, for anybody that hasn't seen it, you guys are a live band that never leaves the fans just not wanting more. It's in a fantastic event with everything you guys put together and do. Um, is it more, I, I, want, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, is it like, do you have to get the timing completely right because of all the parts and pieces that you guys have in your live show? Um, or because if, 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 it, if it, like a tour gets postponed or canceled, doesn't it like really, really hurt you guys in a lot of ways? Oh, yes, very much so. I mean, the, the show itself isn't going to suffer when we actually get to put it on, mm-hmm. luckily enough. Um, it would take really extreme circumstances for that. But yeah, everything from economy to planning, and let's be honest, we're not the only ones trying to get back out and tour at the moment. Every artist in every genre is hunting for venues. So it's really, really tricky to set up a tour. And if changes are being made you're forced to wait for so long before you can you know actually get something because you it's impossible to be in you know well latin america one day japan the next and then play in london the third day you know so you have to get it down and get the route uh, routing right as well so there's a lot uh tricks with that uh pat could tell you our bass player he's since march of 2020 he's booked rescheduled or canceled uh, i don't know five or six hundred shows over that time i gotta tell you i'm gonna figure out a superpower of teleportation just for bands so you guys can just you know pop up in japan like and then go back home and with right after the show i'm gonna figure out how to teleport people if if you do that you'll be the richest man real fucking fast now (laughs) no airport security dude 
I'll keep it cheap for metal bands because I'm I, I love the scene and the culture. But all the other artists, sorry. <laughs> right, you know, I'm, I'm banking you be in banking the premium. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. So, um, the uh, the and that's a that's a great point that you brought up, man. And, and that's something that us fans have to always remember right now. And, and me out here, uh, a lot of the artists that I'm talking to out in the European Union in different areas, let it be uh, UK, Finland, you know, Sweden, they're telling me it's easier now to tour the states where I'm at because it's the visa part's not as easy, but, uh, to tour the States because the shows can go on. Um, are you guys, cause right now we don't have anything booked for North America, correct? Uh, not at the moment, but we're looking into it actually. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so a lot of bands were telling me that the visa process is completely different. Do you know anything about that right now or? Yeah. I mean, we, we applied for visas just before we went over with Judas Priest in mm -hmm. September, October. Mm -hmm. And it was really tricky because, you know, at that point there were still lockdowns at many embassies and we couldn't, you know, get in. Uh, so everything was pretty much done except the final interview, which is where they l look that you are really you. They ask you three questions and then they see that you've applied for visas eight or 10 times before. And then they tell you, okay, you're approved. Uh, you'll have your you know, visa in the post three days from now. Um, so it's really not a tricky process. But to, to get to that interview, we had to fly to Belfast, Northern Ireland, uh, actually. And uh, only a few days before the tour. But uh, if I don't, you know, remember wrong, we, most of us are, no, not all of us are already done with the visas for a couple of years to the future. So oh. that problem is gone already for us. That is beautiful, and you brought up the Judas Priest tour that got postponed, man. And and um, obviously they're they're back on track right now, or they're about to start up again. Um, is there a reason that you guys couldn't jump back on? Is it because of the current tour booking that you had out in um, in Sweden? Yeah, well, it, actually, it was by the time they had decided when when to reschedule to, we still had a European tour there mm, when right. they asked us. So, I mean. Uh, there were, there were no hard feelings. They asked us if we wanted to, to you know, come and do it. We would have, if we, if, if we absolutely had any possibility of, we would, of course, have loved to join them. But at that point, we had our European headline tour announced and everything was done. And then we had to take that down. And then it was too late to get on the Judas Priest tour because then they already has, had Queen's Reich. And then we managed to move our Swedish tour to pretty much that time. <laughs> And that's the juggling you guys are doing. Fans do not miss out on these shows. I'm telling you, like I'm going to every show I can um, because of all this stuff that you're talking about. Like you have this wonderful opportunity. It would have been amazing to see you guys with Priest back in September, October. I'm out here in Las Vegas. You guys had a date out here. I was super excited about it. Um, and then yes, then you have to juggle it around and, and, and move all these parts and pieces, like you said. And Pars is the guy that that's, does all that for the band. Yeah, most of it. I mean, he's not the booking agent, mm -hmm. but. But he's the one who sort of uh, ties in with the business end of things. And I'm the one who deals with mostly the musical side of things, I guess. I feel like you're lucky, <laughs> especially now. The business end sounds very difficult in modern times. But, dude, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, everybody will learn through it. Now, you mentioned The Great War, 2019. Fantastic record. Loved it. When did you guys start writing music for the follow-up, The War to End All Wars? Um, did you guys take any time off during the pandemic? Or was it something that... Because Sweden, you guys could still meet up and stuff like that, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there were some restrictions on and off, but when the few times we had restrictions, they were pretty mild. And um, 
daily life would usually go on. And, you know, if, if we're writing music, it's me in the studio or me and Chris, the guitar player in the studio uh, somewhere in Sweden. Uh, and we were, you know, if there were no restrictions, uh, yeah, so what? And even if there were, what are they going to do <laughs> in the forest of Sweden? <laughs> uh, so, no, actually... The pandemic changed everything, but the process of writing an album and recording it, nothing changed, actually. And we we got started pretty much not directly after we were sent home from Russia in 2020. We, we toured pretty late. We were one of the latest or the latest possibly touring band out because we were in, in Russia at the moment. And uh, they had very few confirmed cases. And we were always dodging, you know, where they had outbreaks to, in different states. Sort of. So uh, I think we came home in late March, actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And then me, Chris, the guitar player on our drum tech, decided to self-isolate because of the transit. We've been through a bunch of airports and we didn't want not too much was known about the virus at that point either. Um, so we didn't want to bring anything home uh, to our loved ones. So we decided to self-isolate at our warehouse in Sweden for two weeks. And so we went to the shops once. We've got some food. We got some alcohol and we got everything we needed to build a temporary music studio. And that's what we did for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think all, all, all of us self-isolation was like horrible and we had to watch a bunch of TV. You guys did it right. <laughs> so it's oh, it alcohol. wasn't bad at all. Trust me, it we had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so with the writing process, with any record, uh, thematically, um, you like you said, you're a big part of that, that, that element to the band. Um, when do you, when do you know exactly the time period and the storytelling process that you want to start a record on? That's different for every, every, every album. But with this one, for example, we knew we'd missed, uh, or not missed. We had to abandon, abandon the idea of the Christmas truce, uh, because it was one of the stories we really wanted already on the great war, but we didn't, didn't have the right music. So that was one of the first songs I started writing because maybe it'll be a single or something. But as the pandemic is sort of dragging on, um, I've talked to Pat, uh, like, what should we do now? Obviously, you're in the shithole of, you know, trying to reschedule stuff. But should I just, instead of doing nothing, should I just go start writing music again and see what comes out of it. And then, of course, naturally, we talk about, oh, well, what are we going to do? Should we make a totally different album if we do something about the Napoleonic era? And then we go to Russia, Australia, Japan, Latin America, where we'd never got on the Great War tour. That's going to make all the gr songs from the Great War that we never played there feel irrelevant, you know? And uh, then we also, during the Great War cycle, we had so many mails and books given to us from fans and stuff like that and friends. And so many stories that are like, oh, shit, how did we not know about this one? Uh, so we thought, you know what? Maybe we should do a brother or sister or follow-up to, to the Great War and include the songs, you know, with the stories we really wanted to tell, include the stuff that we found out during this time. And, uh, yeah, it would make sense also when going back on tour that we sort of at least continue in the same era. We can make a huge, cool World War One part of the show, you know? Yes, absolutely. No, and I was going to ask about that because it does seem like the continuation now. Um, th well, that's really that's really awesome though, is because now because the album didn't get it got cut off a little bit. Great War, 
because of the touring cycle. You didn't get to see everything like you're saying, but now the fans are going to get to see those songs with this package and stay in that, that era and everything like that. That's really, that's really well thought out and cool, man. And have you ever done something like this in the past where you continue an album in that I'm, I'm not remembering myself or have you always felt like, let me start something new from scratch and go forward. Oh, different with every album, Mm. I guess, or every song. Uh, Sometimes it's, you know, old ideas that we feel passionate about just for this moment. And sometimes we we steer the ship at the latest possible moment. For example, when we did The Last Stand in, well, it was released in 16, but we, so this is late 2015, I guess, when we are, I mean, we are two, two or three months from the studio. We've already done a whole lot of research on other topics, but somehow the music and uh, we had half the album written or maybe slightly more even, but we, we couldn't glue, get them together, the stories and the music. And somehow it just wasn't matching up. And then we grabbed this old idea that I had since 2012 or 13, where with the last stand. Uh, then all of a sudden everything made sense. Gotcha. So let me ask you this, your primary research, do you consider it movies, novels, documentaries? What is your primary, what, what do you think is the best way to, for you to come up with uh, something that you're passionate about storytelling wise when, when you're researching these wars and, and, and history? Oh, tricky to say. Uh, I do love documentaries well well made documentaries is probably the best way to get me excited about something uh, sometimes though i mean or in most cases they're not enough uh, one documentary but then obviously it could be anything from resources on the internet to books but to grab my attention yeah a well made documentary i guess have you ever considered making a documentary uh, yourself on anything like this? I know it's a different format and different vibe, but you know, for your passion for history, have you ever thought like, I want to tell the story like when we when we bring up songs like The Unkillable Soldier, Lady of the Dark, or, or even Christmas Truce, where I don't know if there's documentaries out there, but I haven't seen anything like that. Have you ever thought about, you know what, I want to put something together in a different format? Yeah, we had this dream back in 2005 or six or something of doing that, actually, because the, we, when we write the lyrics, there's so many things in there, sort of Easter eggs that you will get if you know the historical context, you know, otherwise it'll be, okay, those are just words, but you don't know the meaning of those words. Uh, but since, oh, was it 18 or 19, we started the Sabaton History Channel on YouTube. So... Uh, there is not huge documentaries, but documentaries nonetheless. It's about format. Every episode is like 12 to 20 minutes, I think. And uh, first an introduction with us and the host, Indian Idol, American historian. And uh, after the introduction, we move into sort of a, what do you call it? Yeah, uh, documentary narrative where he tells the story and we have maps showing exactly the events of you know, the conflict or the pe- person we're singing about in that song. And then at the end, there's a sort of an interview with me or Par with Indy, uh, where we talk about, could be anything from a cool memory from playing that song live or the first time we heard about that story. So in a sense, we already have that for 
every Sabaton song ever made. So there's over 150 episodes, actually. Oh, beautiful, man. No, I was not aware. And I'm, I'm glad that you let me know because this is something I'm super excited to, to check out for sure. Uh, so last question, everybody. I want to promote one more time, guys. All right. The War to End All Wars is coming out March 4th. Make sure you guys are pre-ordering it. Fantastic record, as always, man. What song? You have to pick one for me. Are you most excited to perform live off of this record for the fans out there? Uh, it's a bit of a curveball, but Dreadnought. Hmm. Right on. Is you think that's going to make the set list? I certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how set lists are done. Do you sure. guys have the conversation to be like, all right, this is what I'm getting or no? <laughs> I always assume it's the singles, the big singles and stuff. But that's that's awesome, man. So Dreadnought it is. Hopefully we're going to see that. We just talked about the, the, the chance of a North American tour happening and how that's been working really well for you bands out there. So everybody, I want to tell everybody one more time, guys, do not miss out Sabaton's new record, The War to End All Wars, is out March 4th. With that, Joachim, I want to thank you so much, my friend, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Into the fire through trenches and mud So Belgium and Ireland with war in his blood Leading the charge into hostile barrage I said he was made for the throat line Studied law with the first war Fought in Africa once and more Back in Europe then straight to France He's joining the Allied advance Through the song and the devil's wood All the battles that he
Metal Sucks Podcast. Holy night, our guns laid to rest on books, no 
Sucks Podcast. Oh, <laughs> 
All right, guys, and we are back. First song you guys heard, left the latest record, The War That Ends All Wars. It is out right now. Like I said, it came out March 4th this past Friday, guys. Make sure you are listening to it, picking it up. It's awesome. First song you heard is The Unkillable Soldier. Make sure you check out the video for that track as well. Second song is Christmas Truth, both off the latest record from Sabaton, The War That Ends All Wars, which is out right now. Third song you heard is from a band called Convent. That's K-O-N-V-E-N-T. Their second record, Called Down the Sun. It's coming out March 11th. The track you heard is Pipe Dreams. Been checking out that record for a long time. Really dig this band. If you guys haven't, check it out. Pipe Dreams. That's the track, Called Down the Sun by Convent. It's coming out March 11th. And with that, I want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews. We keep getting on the good old Apple iTunes. That is all we can ask for as a podcast team. Thank you guys so much for that and the support on our other podcast, Rise to Offend, guys. Rise to Offend, we got over 100 episodes out there. It's a documentary discussion podcast. Make sure you guys are supporting both. And guys, make sure you are supporting and helping out however you can with what's going on in that conflict currently between Russia and Ukraine. We, as a podcast, we hope that everything Works out as best as it possibly can, but obviously the damage currently done is never, never going to get replaced. So until then, hug your family, your loved ones, listen to metal, stay true. We'll talk to you next week. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.